to the ExtraordinaryChurch.ca podcast, where ordinary people experience extraordinary life in Jesus Christ. You are about to hear a message that will encourage you to become and experience all that Jesus Christ has for you. Are you ready? Open up your Bibles because something extraordinary is about to happen. Mark chapter 4, verse 35. It reads, On the same day when evening had come, he said to them, Let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was, and other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him I want to preach this thought by the help of the Holy Ghost Jesus Lord of all Jesus Lord of all would you help me pray lift up your hands right there in your home or in the vehicle wherever you are Lord it's such a privilege to be able to come before you we thank you for your blood that was shed for all It's only because of that sacrifice that we can enter in into your presence, God. I release the gift of faith upon every home, oh Lord, upon every vehicle, wherever they are listening, God. I pray in the name of Jesus that you would show up and move in a great and mighty way. We declare that you are Lord of all. Everything is subject to you and under your feet. Anoint me with the type of anointing that makes ministry effective. Help me to preach and to teach your word with relevancy and with accuracy. I acknowledge I can do nothing apart from you. I ask that you do all of this in the name of Jesus for your glory and we give you thanks in Jesus' name. Would you lift up Jesus one more time? Praise God. Jesus. Lord of all. I believe with all of my heart it is the will of God that the followers of Jesus Christ experience the supernatural. And I hope you're ready for this because experiencing the supernatural is not a one-time thing. Experiencing the supernatural is not a two times a year type of thing. I believe it is the will of God that the body of Christ experience the supernatural daily. The supernatural isn't a place that we should visit occasionally. Rather, the supernatural is something we should walk in. Experiencing the supernatural is the will of God. I don't know about you, but I'm not satisfied with experiencing anything less than the supernatural. I want the supernatural in my life. I need the supernatural in my family's life. An extraordinary church 
must be a church that experiences the supernatural every time we come together. And if you believe that, you ought to clap your hands unto the Lord. We should walk in the supernatural. I'm not in any way minimizing natural laws. I understand that they're natural laws that govern our world. We understand, for example, the law of gravity. However, the Bible reveals to us that there are spiritual laws as well as natural laws. Spiritual laws, spiritual laws govern the spirit realm, but they also govern physical or natural laws because everything in the natural world comes from the spirit world. We know this because John 1 and 1 says this, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. And without him, nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. John 4, 24 says, God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. God abides in the spirit realm. However, he created the entire physical universe. And all that we encounter in the natural is a product of what is taking place in the spirit realm. In other words, I know you've heard me say this before, but I want you to get this in your spirit because the invisible realm is holding up the visible realm. See, my body is being held up by something you cannot see. If in the event the Lord were to take me home right here, right now, my body would fall to the ground and it would begin to rot and decay if you left it there. Why though? Why would my body fall to the ground? Because my spirit has left my body. In other words, what you can't see is holding up what you do see. And as a born-again believer of the water and spirit, we need to understand that we are called to operate in the supernatural. See, Hebrews 11 and 3 says, by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Let this sink in for a moment. In other words, we're in a structure right now, and the structure is a nice structure, and there's many things to celebrate in this structure, but we need to understand the thing that is holding this structure up is what we cannot see. We cannot see the framing. I've said this before, but when you go to somebody's house, you don't walk in the kitchen and say, ooh, I love the framing. No, what you do is you look at the granite, granite countertops or you marvel at the appliances or the recessed lighting or the crown molding, whatever it may be. You celebrate all those things, but the reality of it is what you can't see is holding up what you do see. However, the problem we as believers often encounter is we are too tied to the natural. In other words, we focus on what we see. Taste, hear, smell, or feel versus what God said. This is why we make the mistake by not giving the spiritual realm the same attention we give to the physical realm. This is why God called us to walk by faith and not by sight. See, if you and I make decisions based upon everything that we see, taste, hear, smell, or feel, and not allow ourselves to process everything through his word, we will be tied to the natural. 
But the reality of it is he wants us to be tied to the supernatural. Some of y'all are going to think I'm crazy, but I'm telling you right now, you can get safe preaching anywhere down the street, but I'm not here to preach safe to you. I'm not here to preach rational to you. I'm here to preach to you something irrational, something that might not make sense, but it's not supposed to make sense. It's supposed to make faith. We serve a God who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think. And no matter what you and I are facing, I want you to know Jesus is Lord of all. Praise God. Praise God. You'll never find in the Bible one miracle that made sense. You won't find an experience where logically our minds can rationalize it and say, you know what? That just makes, I, I, I knew that was going to happen. I anticipated that. Our minds don't work that way for the scripture is clear. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways. So let me help you out right now. It's not supposed to make sense. Your miracle is supposed to make faith. Stay with me. I want you to hear where I'm, hear where I'm going. But I'm not telling you to deny your reality. I'm not telling you to deny reality at all. However, I am telling you that God's truth that we simply need to access by faith can be superimposed over your reality and change things just like that. We're all very familiar with storms. Lighting, rain, wind, hail, ice, snow, storms come. Storms can be exceedingly unpredictable. They can be violent. They can be dangerous. They are indiscriminate in their destruction, and storms can bring fear, and storms can bring confusion. There are other types of storms, too. They are more intense storms. Weather disturbances are only a weak emblem of the violent upheavals that can blow into our lives of men and women alike, old and young, saved and unsaved. Each of us that are watching online know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the storm of a lost job. I'm talking about the storm of a business on edge. I'm talking about a marriage on the rocks. I'm talking about a storm of health issues. I'm talking about a storm of ragged nerves and jagged emotions. I'm talking about the storm of a sudden loss of a loved one. I'm talking about the storm of a bad prognosis from a doctor. I'm talking about the storm of the Dow suffering its worst day since the Black Monday market crash in 1987 and its third worst day ever. I'm talking about the storm your spouse is telling you they don't love you anymore. I'm talking about the storm COVID-19. Yeah, we all find ourselves in a storm. I can remember when we lived in Florida and we had just purchased a home. Hurricane Irma was headed our way. We were instructed to make plans to secure our property and board up the windows with marine plywood and cut it to fit and had it all ready to install. I, I can remember getting the food and having the generator and we actually thought we were going to hunker down, if you will, and we were just going to kind of secure everything and we weren't going anywhere. We had made sure the trees or the shrubs, if you will, around the home were well trimmed and we had gotten rid of all of the debris so that nothing could uh, become a weapon in the hands of that storm. And I remember when that storm was supposed to affect 
Florida to a large degree, and they were forecasting in clear water we were going to get a lot of rain, much like a tropical storm. But then things changed, and we happened to be right in the direct path of the storm. Storms can be unexpected, and I can remember when we all of a sudden thought, hey, we're going to hang out and we're going to just batten down the hatches, if you will, when it was forecasted that that storm was coming directly for us. You know what we did? Got right in our car and left. Because sometimes, you know what? You're not ready for the storm, and we were fortunate to be able to get out, and fortunately, not, no damage was done to our property, or very little damage, if you will. But we thought we were ready for the storm, only to realize that we weren't ready like we anticipated. And so it is on the Sea of Galilee. Storms can... can arise. Our Lord and Savior during this time has been busy teaching, teaching in parables, sharing his heart in ways that people can understand, easy illustrations, ways to get their mind around spiritual concepts so that they can live this out. And as he's teaching, he tells his disciples, those that are following him closely, uh, I want you to get in the boat and let's, let's go to the other side. The first thing I want you to know in the text that I read to you this afternoon is that the disciples were in the will of God. The disciples were in the will of God. Jesus Christ, God manifest in the flesh, is with them. In the will of God. And thank God, God manifest in the boat with them. Look at it. It says, and a great windstorm arose. And the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. Now, let me just pause here for a moment just to give you some context as it relates to the Sea of Galilee. The Sea of Galilee is also known as Lake Tiberias or Lake Gennesaret and the Sea of Tiberias. It is famous for the quality of the abundance of fish. The lake at its widest point is only eight miles wide and about 13 miles in length. The Sea of Galilee is a fresh, small water lake surrounded by hills. It's 680 feet below sea level. Winds blowing across the land intensify close to sea, often causing violent and unexpected storms. And these men knew how to navigate the waters. They were quite familiar with living on the sea. They had grown up around the water, and navigating through it wasn't a problem. They are used to doing life on the water. But can I just tell you, there are storms in the will of God. There are storms in the will of God. Now hear me, the storm doesn't mean that you're out or in his will. Obedience or disobedience determines whether we are in or out of his will. And either way, obedience or disobedience, you will still have to deal with a storm. This storm is threatening their very existence. It's overwhelming. It's no longer the ominous anticipation of what may happen. The storm is here. And for many of us, two weeks ago, COVID-19 was something that we thought about, but it hadn't impacted our way of life. Now it's attempting to overwhelm everything that we do and bring everything to a screeching halt. I'm talking about the storms that can catch us off guard, the storms that appear out of nowhere, and you all of a sudden wonder, am I going to survive? No one, no one, hear me, no one makes it to the other side without going through storms. 
When we get to heaven, anyone you meet, arrive there by going through a storm. There are no shortcuts to becoming like Christ. There are no quick fixes. There are no simple and easy steps to growing in grace and knowledge. No adversity is an inevitable is as inevitable as it is needful. And you need to understand that adversity is an equal opportunity opponent. I know that doesn't make you happy, but let me just tell you, Andrew, Peter, James, and John, Philip, Matthew, and Bartholomew, I could go down the list. Every single disciple was in the storm. You know what? The entire world right now is in a storm. It makes no difference what your ethnicity is. It makes no difference what your social status is. It makes no difference what your economic status is. It makes no difference what your education is. It makes no difference whether you're the CEO or the janitor. It's amazing how a storm can equalize everything. Everybody is in this storm. But can I tell you, don't be discouraged because storms strengthen you. Storms strengthen you. Just this past Friday, I was going out to run. I'm trying to stay in shape, and the gym is closed. And I can remember it was, uh, I remember it vividly because I was lamenting to a degree to Sarah. I said, babe, look at that wind, and it looks like it's about to start pouring rain. And I said, man, I'm going to be running against the wind. I knew the wind would be opposing me. I remember it because just earlier that week I was outside running and I thought, man, this is so different than running on the treadmill. There's no opposition in that treadmill, on that treadmill. I'm just running and I'm getting it and I'm speeding it up and watching uh, the sports ticker go by or listening to some great music. But when I'm running outside in the elements, I thought to myself, man, I feel my shins differently. My knees hurt a little bit. The wind is blowing in my face and got eyes, you know, my, my eyes are watering. And next thing I know, I'm sniffing a little bit. Then I thought to myself, the devil is a lie. But I realized it's got nothing to, you know what? I just, all this in front of my mind and I thought to myself, I'm going to have to deal with that again on Friday. And I go out and I'm running and the wind was opposing me. And what made it worse is this. When I showed up Friday, I thought I'm going to go to a track. And I'm going to run at the track. And there I was running at the track. Uh, before I got set up, though, I looked, and there were these young guys, like Mateo's age, just nice, tight, and fit. Look, they were trained athletes, Olympians. Had a coach over there, and they were high-stepping and stretching. And I thought, man, I picked the wrong time to come to the track. But you know what? I thought to myself, I'm here. And they were looking at me, and I thought to myself, I can't be that old man, you know, struggling around the struggling around the track. So I did my stretches and I got ready. And wouldn't you know it, I started off where that wind was just slapping the taste out of my mouth. And I was just running, trying to keep pace. But something happened when I got on the other side of the track. When I got on the other side of the track, what was opposing me is now propelling me. <laughs> what was opposing me is now pushing me. What was opposing me is now strengthening me. What was opposing me is now increasing my speed. I'm trying to tell you the storm is not sent to destroy you. You need to understand storms are not pleasant, but you need to know that storms always have a purpose and God can get the glory out of the storm in your life and you'll be stronger for it. And if you believe that, you ought to give God praise. See, there's a storm. There's a storm. And in this specific storm, 
One of the things we realize is we have no control. The disciples could exercise no control. There is absolutely nothing they could do about this storm. They can't stop the wind. They can't control the rain. They can't control the thunder, the lightning. And sometimes circumstances can be so dire that things appear to be hopeless. We're living in a day right now, industries shutting down, countries being locked down, thousands losing their lives, graduations being canceled, dream wedding ceremonies being canceled, vacations turning into nightmares, eager to come home only to learn that you'll be confined by self-isolation for two weeks or more. And you know what happens in these hopeless times? People panic. Had the storm come just when they launched, they could have turned back. But it came when they were committed. You're not hearing me. <laughs> 25 to 30 furlongs in their journey. Now, a furlong is an eighth of a mile. So they were about three or four miles into the lake. They could not easily turn back. The Bible says they were toiling and they were working. They were scared half to death. The storm didn't cause them to roll over, praise God, and the storm didn't cause them to give up, although they might have felt like it. The storm caused them to keep trying to do what they could do and hope for dawn, hope for a miracle, hope for peace. Can I tell you, just because you're in a storm, don't stop doing what you know to do. Keep praying. Keep trusting God. Keep praising God. Keep serving people. Keep loving people. Keep giving don't you stop. Don't pull back. Don't put your hands in your pocket and just or fold your arms and say, we'll sit here and wait and die. No, you do everything you can and you do it for the glory of God because we serve a God who is faithful. Most of us are doing the same thing right now. We're doing the best we can. We're social distancing. We're serving our neighbors and we're sanitizing everything and anything. And anyone. <laughs> we're wearing gloves. We're wearing masks. Then you have, though, people who are literally walking around in trash bags. Why? Because they're panicked. People are panic purchasing, buying every bit of a cleaning agent, buying every ounce of toilet paper and paper towels. And I'm not making light of that. But what I'm saying is this. The disciples were in a similar situation. Their emotions were at an all-time high. See, someone watching today is panicked. Someone watching today is stricken with fear. Someone watching today thinks that it's over. You're panicked about your marriage. You're panicked about your health. You're panicked about COVID-19. Some of you moms are just panicked about how am I going to teach my kids and not lose my mind. I'm panicked about my financial condition. I'm panicked about the spiritual condition of my family or my spouse or let alone myself. And then you're wondering, you know what? God, where am I at? Where are you at, excuse me, in all of this? I get it. I'm listening to Pastor Akil preach his guts out, and I'm hearing him say we're all going to have a storm at one point or another. And I know I'm not perfect, and I'm doing the very best I can. I know I don't have it all together by any stretch, but I'm trying. But what I hear preached week in and week out at EC doesn't match my reality. I'm in the fight of my life. I'm hanging on by a thread. I'm about to lose my mind. Don't 
push me because I'm close to the edge. What I want to know is, Jesus, do you care? I'm panicking. I feel like I'm drowning. Do you care? I feel like my family is slipping away from me. Do you care? I'm grappling with the impact of COVID-19. Do you care? Do you really care about my pain? Do you really care about my depression? Do you really care about COVID-19? See, storms, they reveal a lot about a person. They reveal a lot about me. They reveal a lot about you. Under stress, we realize who we really are. Under heat, the impurities begin to bubble to the surface. And we meet our real selves when we're in the storm. I know you can be great and living on the mountaintop when everything is great. But who are you really when all hell is breaking loose in your life? See, although God isn't the source of each storm, he does use the storms in our life. You need to know that not only do we meet ourselves and have a better understanding of who we are, we also meet God in the storm. Praise God that he's with us. Look at Nahum uh, chapter 1 verse 3 and 4. The Lord is slow to anger and great in power and will not at all acquit the wicked. The Lord has his way in the whirlwind and in the storm. And the clouds are the dust of his feet. He rebukes the sea and makes it dry and dries up all the rivers. Bashan and Carmel wither and the flower of Lebanon wilts. Can I tell you, if Jesus wanted to, he could have turned the Sea of Galilee into a large dust bowl. He could have dried it up because he has so much power at his disposal. He really is Lord of all. And only through Jesus meeting them in the storm did they see his power. Now, I want you to think about this for a moment. We talk about giving God the glory. Or you remember Jesus would say things and say, hey, shh, 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 shh. Don't tell anybody. Or you remember times when he added, he had, uh, uh, he had this experience on the Mount Transfiguration with his disciples. Uh, he revealed his glorified state. In other words, he's bragging on himself, so to speak. The glory of God. It's like a big advertisement. This is who I am. In that moment, in a storm, in the fight of your life, when all the hell is breaking loose, I want you to know that is a divine opportunity for God to get the glory out of your life. For people to look back and say, if it had not been for God, I knew so-and-so was going to lose their mind. I knew their marriage was on the precipice of divorce. I knew their body was riddled with ailments and diagnoses from the doctor. But look at what God did. Now, what's interesting is this. Not only Jesus meeting them in the storm did they see his power. But remember, look at verse 35. What did Jesus say earlier? Mark chapter 4, verse 35. On the same day, when evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. <laughs> See, earlier the disciples were excited. They were excited about being on a cruise ship with Jesus. However, the moment the storm appeared, it trumped what God said. In other words, they began to live in light of their circumstances as opposed to living in light of his promise. Yes, our storm is a reality. Yes, the diagnosis is a reality. Yes, the dilemma 
is a reality. Yes, the pain is a reality. Yes, the fact that they're gone is a reality. But can I tell you, Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, is greater than our reality. He is Lord of all. And don't you get your eyes fixated on your circumstances. Get your eyes fixated not only on the promise, but on the one who gave you the promise. He won't let you down. He won't fail you. He really is Lord of all. After this, after this, these, these guys are, they're panicking and they feel overwhelmed. And they say, Jesus, this is not my words. They said, don't you care? We perish. In other words, I'm dying here. And here you are asleep. I want you to check this out. They wake him up. He arises. And this is what he does. Peace. Be still. And afterwards, if you read it, literally, literally, the disciples were more afraid. And he said, why are you afraid? See, <laughs> two things. They thought they were afraid of the storm, this life-threatening situation, until they witnessed the majesty of his power. And he opened up his mouth and said, peace, be still. Then they realized, oh my God, I've been afraid of the wrong thing the whole time. I'm in such awe. I'm in such awe of your power, of your might on display. Who am I? The disciples were afraid. They were afraid of the wrong thing. Can I tell you? He's taller than the moment that frightens us. He's bigger than the burdens we carry. He's not limited by time. Death means nothing to him. God is greater than our disease. God is greater than our ailment. God is greater than anything you're dealing with. He's not limited to my puny 70 or 80 years on this earth. He's bigger than the grave. He will not let my life get lost in oblivion. He is my friend now, and he will always be my friend. He isn't washed up. He isn't some God who can become sick and die. He is the one true living God who is Lord of all. And here's what I want you to know. He's got great plans for you. He's got great plans for me. And they are just as big as he is. If you believe that, clap your hands unto the Lord. I'm closing as I want to say this. Storms oftentimes bring us to unplanned places. We don't know exactly where the disciples were headed when they determined to pass over to the other side. But the storm took them to a place they were needed more than any other. I want you to process that for a moment. The storm took them to a place they were needed more than any other. On Gadara's shores where their boat landed, they found a demon-possessed man. When a legion of devils left him, he could say, look what the storm brought me. Oftentimes, it is the troubles and trials of our lives who cooperate together to take us places we never intended to be. You know what I believe? Yes, we had plans of an online campus. Yes, we had plans of doing various things. And as a matter of fact, implementing these things in 2020. However, you know what? The Lord has brought us here a lot quicker than we thought. 
right now you know what we're reaching people that we may not reach because of this storm right now you may be wondering who is Jesus Christ you might be wondering God I, I knew you at one point and I walked away I was so close to you and things happened life happened can I tell you it happens to the best of us none of us are exempt from the storm and it brought you to this unplanned place you never thought you'd be here I never thought I'd be here when I planned my life out and now this storm is it's got me clinging to dear life can I tell you I feel a shift I told extraordinary church this is a shift this is the year of the shift and God is facilitating and bringing about this shift a lot quicker than we ever anticipated but can I tell you what better place to reach thousands of if not millions of people with the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ what better way to see people receiving the baptism of his spirit in living rooms and in washrooms and in bedrooms what better place to preach about the gospel of Jesus Christ and tell people they must be baptized in Jesus name only to hear they've been baptized in their bathtubs and their sins have been washed away I'm telling you he's brought us to such a place as this for a time as this it's often the tumult the chaos the hurt and confusion we find that God brings or that those things are brought into our life it brings us to a different depth in Jesus we find ourselves on shores we've never been before trying to find creative and innovative ways to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ can I tell you it's in these moments that altars of a prayer life they're never built in a time of ease but in times of testing when the winds blow the storm rages on precious things are never born from a room of comfortable temperature but they're born in the raging fire where the crucible grows only then is the worthless separated from the precious God's will is never arrived at when things are going easy but when it gets tough and we draw nigh unto God and right now that's what I want us to do wherever you are I want us to draw nigh unto him perhaps you feel like you're too far away can I tell you he's closer than you think you he's as close as the mention of his name don't operate by what you feel you might feel like you're on the edge and it's over Jesus is in the boat with you open up your mouth and begin to call on the name of Jesus I want you to begin to lift your hands you're in the comfort of your own home so you might want to kneel right there at the living room you might want to begin to turn the music up and let the tears begin to flow down your face and say God you really are Lord of all you're Lord of my life you're Lord of this storm. You're Lord of COVID-19. Everything is subject to you, oh God. You are Lord. You are my employer. You are my source. You are my refuge. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Join us next week for another message of hope and life in Jesus. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll pass along our web address to all of your friends. Extraordinary Church. 
www.ctcc.ca. We are a young church plant with a lot of people living an extraordinary life in Jesus. If you're looking for a way to become better connected to what God is doing, email us, info at extraordinarychurch.ca. We'd love to hear from you.